Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker. I'm back again. And before I get started, I want to let you know, I appreciate all the support that I've been getting with my podcast. It's really blowing up. I want to encourage you, if you haven't done it yet, to go ahead and subscribe or become a, a, a follower by hitting the listener support button. You know what I'm saying? And, and throw me a little something to help me keep it going. You know what I'm saying? On the cheap, everything is free, so I pay for everything on this end. But I really want to say thank you for all the support. And check out my book at jtb3.org, Becoming a Murderer. You know what I'm saying? And check out my son as well. on his on, That's his website, jtb3.org, okay? But in this episode, I'm going to be talking about staying inspired and how hard that is in prison and how hard I'm learning from people that are on the streets how hard it is to do out there. But it's very important that you stay inspired and uplifted. And I want to encourage the uh, family members and, and the community that uh, are around these people that are getting out, these men and women that are getting out of prison, over 600,000 people a year released from jails and prisons in the United States. And we need to uplift those people and keep them inspired and also keep people in prison inspired so that they can do, you know what I'm saying, the right thing and not come back to a place like this. You know what I'm saying? Now, I was talking to my son the other day. And we were talking about a friend of his that uh, has been out for about three years now that's struggling, struggling really bad, trying to find his way, you know what I'm saying? And he's trying to, you know, his bills are piling up and things like that, and he doesn't want to turn back to the streets. He doesn't want to do any of that. So, you know, he calls my son to get uplifted and whatnot, but during the course of the conversation with my son, we both were stumbling on a few things that we feel are uh, important and vital to stand inspired, stand uplifted, you know what I'm saying? So you can find your way. And, and this is the first thing that I want to talk about. A lot of people, uh, most people in my opinion, when they get out of prison, they're more focused on what they can do to make money as opposed to what they can do to be happy, you know? And I think that that is a, a, a mistake that a lot of us make because we try to catch up and make up for lost time, whether it be five years or 15 or 30 years, whatever the case may be. We think that if we're going to get out and get a job and we're going to be able to be back at whatever economic level, you know, on par with our peers that have been out there, you know what I'm saying, as soon as we get out. That's just not being realistic. And you're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up for disappointment. If you don't have the skill set, the mindset, and the right opportunities, you know what I'm saying, you're not going to be able to do that. So you have to realize that, you know, you're going to have to start from the bottom and claw your way up. And it's going to take some hard work. But if you find something that you enjoy doing, like me, for example, you know, I, I'm not out. Uh, I've been in here, like I say, 30 plus years now, going on 34, 35 years now. And for as long as I can remember, I've always wanted to be on the radio. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but I never really put any effort into doing that. You know, I was focused on other things. You know, I knew what I liked. I knew what my passion was at a young age. But I never really told anybody about it. I never put any effort behind it. I don't know if it was because of all the things that I was going through as a child. I don't know what it was. But it was like that became a, a, an afterthought. You know what I'm saying? And I really never thought about it again until after I got locked up. And after I got locked up, after years and years and years, they come out with this thing called podcasting. Next thing you know, I am addicted to finding out everything I can about it. But I knew what it was that I wanted to do. And now that I'm doing that, it's not really work to me. I enjoy this. I, I relish in it. I sleep it. I eat it. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what you have to do when you get out of this, pl this place. You have to find something that you enjoy doing more than making the money. Now, the money will come. I'm sure of it. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure of it. But I enjoy doing this. And most people that are in here 
are so clouded by the things that they have to do to survive this experience. And then when they get out, they're still in that fog trying to figure out how to survive out there that they can't focus on themselves. This, not, this place is not conducive to you focusing on yourself. They might say it is, but trust me, it's not. You know what I'm saying? Unless you force the issue within yourself. This is not a fight against administration. This is a fight within yourself where you say, I am more important than the nonsense that's going on around me is. You know what I mean? And you have to remove yourself from that physically and mentally so you can focus on yourself. And then you can find that clarity to where you see what it is that you enjoy doing. And then you try to figure out a way that you can go about doing that before you get out. Remember what I said, before you get out, you have to start to work on that. And keep in mind that while you're here, you're not going to be up to par with the people that are out there doing the same thing. I'm no way up to par with somebody like Charlemagne the God or, or, or Joe Rogan or anybody like that. But on the level that I'm on, I love what I'm doing and I think I'm doing a pretty good job of it. You know what I mean? But whatever you find that you enjoy doing, your passion, you have to still put in work. You have to learn your craft. And to the families and friends of these individuals that are getting out of prison and are still in prison, you have to uplift them, encourage them. The biggest thing about being in here and trying to do something positive, you don't hear enough people telling you that you're doing good. You don't hear enough of that. You got all the people in here that on the slick, they really slick hating, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and they're looking at you, they want to do something, but they don't know what to do. So instead of encouraging you, they down you. They talk about you behind your back but you cannot allow that to penetrate, you know what I'm saying, your soul and make you feel down about what you're doing. You gotta stay strong. And that's where people that are involved in that individual's life come into play. You play a role way more important than you realize. It's way bigger than putting commissary, money on the commissary so they can buy food. It's way bigger than you know putting money on the phone so you can talk to them or sending them letters or cards or whatever the case may be. It's about keeping that individual inspired and motivated to keep moving one step at a time forward in a positive and constructive way. We don't hear that enough in here. We don't hear that enough when we get out. Everybody's happy the day that you get out, they do what they can for you, but then life goes on. But you have to keep in mind that when you come into a place like this, the psychological warfare that takes place within that person before they get out, it's, it's, it's unlike anything else in the world, I'm telling you. The baggage that a person takes out of this place is almost tantamount to, uh, I don't want to be disrespectful to our soldiers, of course not, but it's almost tantamount to that, you know, the, the, the PTSD that they come home with when they finish going to war. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like that. And it's hard to shake it because you've been in here for X amount of years and everybody's telling you that you're worth nothing, nothing. And it penetrates, whether you believe it or not. It penetrates. You can deny it, but it penetrates. And you have to shake that off. And that's hard to do when you walk out there because you have these expectations of what you want to do, you want to succeed, but you have to have people around you that can inspire you and help you and move you along and push you along. The other day, I was watching my television and I saw uh, breaking news, you know, Will Smith, you know what I'm saying? He apologizes to Chris Rock. And I didn't get to see the whole thing, you know what I'm saying? They just showed a little clipping of it. And, but what they did show, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. He said in his apology that he was remorseful, but he did not want to feel, he didn't, he didn't, want, he didn't want to be ashamed or he didn't want to feel like a piece of crap. And I totally understood what he was saying. 
because that's another thing that happens to you while you're in prison. You can be remorseful for what you did, but it's something about shame and the way it creeps in and it starts to wrap itself around your soul that makes you feel like you're not worthy. And that's what he's trying to avoid, I believe, that feeling of being not worthy. Because even though it happened in that instance with Chris Rock, shame has a way of bleeding over into all other aspects of your life and messing with your mental. And I don't think enough people pay attention to that. In our society, we are about redemption, but let's keep it real. We have a thirst for blood. When somebody makes a mistake, we want to put our foot on their neck and we want to squeeze and squeeze and squeeze until there's nothing left. And then we'll pull our foot up and say, that's enough. We forgive you, move on. Not realizing the trauma that that person is going to go through in that process, that it's going to stick with them. And I understand what he's saying. He don't want to feel like a piece of crap. He don't want to be ashamed to the point to where it affects what he does from this point forward in his life. And that's what happens to people in prison. One of the things that happens. And we have to learn, we have to learn to hold people accountable, but also not beat the life out of them. It's like we take pleasure in that. You know what I mean? We have to stop doing that. And that's one of the things that I think a lot of people avoid well, not avoid, I'm not going to say that they avoid realizing or accepting. It's one of the things that uh, they don't care to acknowledge. They want to they be all about the victim, and that's true and just. But at the end of the day, you have to be about everybody involved in that process. Everybody involved in that process is experiencing trauma, and you have to be able to say, okay, you did wrong. What are we going to do moving forward? You feel what I'm saying? As long as that person is remorseful and apologizing, let's move forward. Let's move forward. I know it's easier said than done, but those things that happen in instances like that affect you long term. And that's what he was trying to say. And that's why it's so hard to stay inspired in a place like this, around people like this. We're all coming from a place of hurt and heartbreak. And look, you can't break a heart unless your heart has been broken. You know what I'm saying? And that's what happens in here, too. I just want to throw that out there at y'all for a minute, man, and make y'all think about, you know, those loved ones that you have incarcerated or those friends and that you know that are incarcerated or have been released. Keep them uplifted. Keep them inspired. You know what I'm saying? Not just in your prayers, but in your actions, too. You know what I'm saying? If you see them and you can't throw them nothing, it's not necessary. Give them a hug and tell them it's all good. You feel what I'm saying? Give them a hug and tell them it's going to be all right. Push them forward. Encourage them to do something positive. And don't just encourage them with your words. Support that. Support that. Buy the book. Listen to the podcast. Go to the website. Buy the music. Whatever it is that they're doing, encourage them. Because it's going to go a long way in, in that person becoming, you know what I'm saying, a, a positive and productive member of society. It's going to go a long way, man. You know, and that's about all I wanted to say today on that issue, and this has been another episode of Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, and peace.